David Allen, three-time Mr. USA, singer, global speaker with a 90 country platform, brand consultant, high-performance coach, and you're currently living in the Philippines. Welcome. Good morning. As we would say, uh, magandang umaga. That is Tagalog. That is the language here in the Philippines. And yes, it is 9.30 a.m. It's about 10 for you, right? It's pretty late out there. Dedication. It's 8.30. I'm I'm still trying to get these times. We're 13 hours apart. Hello from the future. But you are dedicated to your dream. So I want to give some kudos to that and honoring that because it's a lot of people talk about, they, they talk the good talk, but here you are doing a podcast in the late evening. So well done. Well done. Thank you. Thank you so much. Here's to that. How long have you been living there? How long have you been living in the Philippines? So I'm kind of like an American runaway. You know how people do that? Like we're from Cuba. So you know how people leave Cuba and they don't go back. I came here for the last competition. So as Mr. USA, I was man of the world USA. So think of Miss USA. You know, she just won Miss Universe. I'm the male version of that. Uh, It's pretty recent. They've only been around 10 years. The competition I was in was only five years. Miss Universe has been around 71 years. That's why it's that popular. Uh, So I'm in the, I'm one of the four, the founding fathers of this. And um, I came out here to the Philippines originally to find fashion designers. I came a little early. Competition was in June, but I was like, I'm going to come out here. You know, I got that Miami hustle. Like, let me do some collaborations. Let me get my fashion designers. Let me get my stuff. So I ended up collaborating with more fashion designers than the guy who was representing the Philippines. Because I was like, yo, the Philippines does great fashion. I'm going to get the shoes. So I got a shoe designer, a clothing designer, all the above. I did like a hotel collaboration. I do the competition competition's over and I'm like I don't want to go back (laughs) so fast forward I've been here since April and uh it's gonna be a year but while I was here and I was alone with myself because I know you do a lot of healing I faced my demons when you're alone with yourself long enough you gotta deal with yourself you know and I've realized that living in in a town where my entire family lived um and I'm an entrepreneur and in a, in a, in a Cuban household, an entrepreneur is like, <laughs> like, what are you doing on the computer all day? I'll never forget. One day my grandma's like, you are on the computer for 14 hours. Like, what are you doing? It's not like, I don't see it. I don't see the money. I don't see this. Um, so I decided not to go back and to build my dream out here. And not only has there been such a peace that's taken place, I realized that I stopped performing for my family to prove that I could be successful. Because even, uh, I know we're going straight into it, but I feel this is where we're going to flow. Even when I made over $70,000 through social media, I was trying to prove to my family, like, hey, look, I did this. And I was just still trying to be like this little boy, like, find me as a success. Because I never got my bachelor's degree. I dropped out of the pre-med program. Uh, I quit my job of eight years to build my dream. So my family thought I was like a nutcase and I was staying at my mom's place to figure things out. And then I started helping her out. So Miami for me was a performance for me, but here in the Philippines, nobody knew me, nobody knew anything about me. And it was a moment for me to be alone with me. And one of my biggest demons that I had to let go of in the process of being alone was performance. Because when the Mr. USA, when the man of the world competition was over and there was no more stage to perform for, and I came here specifically for that, I started losing myself. And I also didn't trust myself alone. Um, I lived in Miami my whole life. I partied really hard getting out of high school. 
So I thought being alone with yourself for too long, you might end up, and I did find myself in a bit of a funk and I found myself in entanglements and everything that I had said I wasn't going to do, I was doing because I also was performing for a church back in Miami. And I realized I had a divine intervention. Um, I like to just say light showed up in my hotel room and was like, you're powerful and you're wise and you've been performing for everybody instead of yourself. Like you were being a good boy and you were, you were being all these things for the world, but have you done anything for you? And at that moment, I realized I needed to heal my inner child. So um, I decided to stay in the Philippines and deal with that inner child healing. And inner child healing also kind of, when I was a kid, I used to sit alone and play with my toys in silence alone. So now I'm building my dream completely alone in a whole other country, very far, 13 hours, <laughs> 13 hours, 13 hours in the future. I guess I needed to go into the future to build. But um, I realized I also, I want to have my future family and have my kids. So I, I had to shift out of there to build that foundation and to build it from a foundation of peace. I've seen so much turbulence and marriages and dysfunction and all of that. And it's not to judge, but it is to learn. And I was like, I don't, I love y'all, but I don't want what you guys had to offer me for my kids to walk into that. So I actually am building everything from financial freedom to abundance of peace, abundance of mindset here in the Philippines. And I think I gave you, I don't even know what the question was, but that's where I felt the flow needed to go. <laughs> We're still introducing anymore. <laughs> I didn't even answer it. I just said it. It's totally cool. It's totally cool. This is I how it goes. And I love it because it's just so organic. Yeah, it's so organic. I love it. But I want to touch base on the inner child healing because that is a huge part of my work as well. And I've been thinking of doing an episode just on that. But being that you brought it up, I think we should just talk about it now. I would love to. Um, yesterday I spoke, you, you know, the app Clubhouse. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yesterday I spoke in one of the biggest clubs on there called the Breakfast with Champions Clubs. They're about like 150,000 members. Um, so I have a now a speaking slot for an hour and, and I talked about character and competence wins the championship. And character, I said, your character will grow when your inner child healing grows. Because as a child, you were a kind soul. You were an innocent soul. Your imagination was at a different level. So this cynicism and this bitterness is not in the equation. You know, uh, I was like that negative Nancy and that Karen, as people like to call it, that exists in the bitterness of losing your innocence. Uh, so I had everybody pull up their picture of them and make it their profile photo while I was speaking. And I told them, this is your rocket fuel. But the thing is, this isn't going to cause you to reach the stars. This is going to take you back to the fact that you always wanted to be a star. It's like you, it takes you into going back into that moment. When you were a little girl, I'm sure there was moments where you just like were loud and rambunctious and you just didn't care. And you just would twirl around in a dress and felt amazing. Imagine as an adult, as a business owner, you could do that. You, you would shake the earth because you really believe in yourself. And I believe the more we do that inner child healing, it's not about performing. I mean, when I used to color, it wasn't because I was trying to color better than the person next to me. It was, I was trying to color because I was trying to create my own masterpiece. And it goes back to that story of the flower. A flower doesn't look to the left or to the right. It just blooms. So the more inner child healing work we do, and I gave this example. Imagine in a corporate setting, everybody walks into work and everybody's a child that day. How much cool would the environment be? <laughs> like, so it would just fun. be a different vibe. 
So I talked about if you take the character and the innocence of a child and the competence of strategy and brainstorming of an adult, you have a limitless being. So inner child healing is the key to success for wealth, the key to success for joy, and the key to success for peace. And when you go back into that story, and that's why I believe, I believe there's light and there's darkness. Let's leave it there. That's why darkness tries to knock you off course in your innocence, because it robs you of peace. It robs you of imagination and it robs you of your joy very easily. Very, Steve, the thief comes to kill, steal and destroy very early so that everything else is like chaos. And then you can't build what's going to shake this earth. And I believe we are messengers of light to bring more light into a dark world. I forgot the question right. again. <laughs> We're talking about inner child yes. So basically, like, I'm not sure. Everybody has different ways. There's so many different ways to tap into your inner mm -hmm. child. So a way that I teach my clients and how I've done it myself is through meditation and just envisioning yourself as a child. Different stages. Just reparenting that inner child. And what that means is whatever you didn't receive as a child, let your little you tell you what you need. So for me, when I started doing inner child's work, it took about a month before my inner child even spoke to me. And I was getting frustrated. And I was just like, this isn't working. I don't want to do this anymore. And then it just clicked. And I thought, oh my God, what am I going to do? Abandon her? Like she's always been abandoned. And that's when I was just like, no, I'm going to keep showing up until she feels comfortable enough to open up to me. And I did. And within that week, she did. And sometimes inner child healing could just be you're meditating and you just envision your child running with you, laughing with you. Sometimes it's hugging, sometimes it's crying. And different stages, because I neglected my inner teenager for a very long time, not realizing teenagers are children too, right? So... That was a whole other set of healing that happened once I started working with my inner teenager as well. But it's very, very powerful work. And sometimes I do inner child healing by acting like a child, doing things that I love to do as a kid that I did that I don't do as often anymore. <laughs> I'll explain this after, but this keychain is is my childhood coming into the 30-year-old. And um one thing I've realized about inner child healing which I forgot to mention is going into your past, seeing the little girl and asking for forgiveness for dropping the dream for dropping the belief system beyond the abandonment. Um, it was more the abandonment of leaving a legacy because as a little kid, I'm sure you wanted to be a superhero. You wanted to be this like limitless being. You wanted to be this queen and everything. And trauma comes in and causes the dissociation. And that's why I, I wrote an equation one time. I was helping a lot of women with weight loss because you met me when I was a fitness coach. <laughs> a lot of shit. You met me when I was doing yoga. Uh, a lot has changed since we met. Because we had a desire. And, and that's the thing. Like it's all written in the desires of your heart. If you sit down, um, all of these things, they're not on job resumes. They're not in career assessments. You just, you, you've been doing a lot of sit down and like, I want to help people, I want to heal people. And that's how you continue getting closer because you're, you're, you're siding with helping the world, right? And then you're going to get more and more ideas because this world longs for, for healing. It just doesn't know where it starts. 
you said a word, you said reparenting. And I just thought, you know, how I'm a brand guru, um, replanting would be a good book for you as well. Cause it's not just reparenting. It's like, we're going to go in and change the soil a bit and we're going to grow this plant differently. Cause I have a plant here in front of me. When you said reparenting, the word replanting got to me. And I realized that sometimes plants can't fully grow because they need to go back into the roots and change the foundation in order to flow. Um, but I love that. Write it down. You already gave me two, you already gave me two book ideas. One before we got on the call. <laughs> even just the course, but it's because you have a good heart. You have a good heart. And um, one thing you'll realize it wasn't that your, it wasn't that your inner child wasn't talking to you. It's that there was still a lot of stuff within the process of walking up to her in the shame of, like mm -hmm. you said it, I abandon you. But the thing is, you never really abandoned her. You abandoned your belief system in the innocence of her. Because that's what happens. Um, there's a bliss attached to innocence. And when trauma comes in, no matter what it is, whether it's abuse, sexual, physical, psychological, it was the naive moments that we don't let go of. And then it's the character that we become based off of that. So then the teenager is the product of the trauma. So the teenager that you have to heal is a product of something that was in, and, and it, I was saying this the other day, darkness came to you first, and then your foolishness and recklessness came after, but it was originally introduced to you. You wouldn't have even known these things if it wasn't introduced to you. And a lot of times as a teenager, we just think it's us. It's us acting up. It's us being reckless. It's us being rebellious. No, rebellion was you, your innocence was rebelled. And then that's why the rebellion takes place. So what happened for you as, and I just saw it and as I'm speaking to you, I see it. It's that the, the levels of going back in and going through your timeline of releasing and forgiving yourself for everything. When you finally get to the child, you realize like, wait a second, this wasn't even me. This is what was put upon me. And that's what I realized I had to do that when I looked in a mirror and this is what has gotten me to this level of like flow. I call it a guru flow, especially with healing, because I, I see things now and I hear things now. And it's like a it's like another dimension of understanding, but it had to come from self-love. So I believe we have a divine creator and he's a foundation of love. If we don't love ourselves, we can't connect with when love speaks because the resonance of love and resonance of love, the vibration of love and there's no self-love then you can't receive it, but you also can't hear it. You don't even know where to go. And lack of self-love is what causes us in a constant circle of defeat. The reason people show up to jobs that they hate and live, live lives that they hate is because they subconsciously do not like themselves. So they will continue going through the motion. The more that you go back into that inner child healing, when you didn't want something, you said no. <laughs> you see it as a little kid. You have that's my favorite word now. I have no problem people telling you. You have, no, you, have, no. you have a kid. You have a daughter, right? I have two okay, boys. Okay, you have a son. <laughs> that goes. All right, so you have you have two boys. Um, maybe a daughter's coming. I don't know. That just came out of nowhere. But no, nobody's <laughs> don't. Don't I'll stop no. you right there. I'll hey. stop this recording real quick. You know and, what, though? and close maybe, everything up. Maybe, maybe this stage of your life of all of this healing was so when your daughter and everything else does flow. It was with a daughter. I'm cutting this off. No, but you know what? Um, with everything that you have flown from, your future daughter would be so blessed, not only because you'd be aware, 
but you would know how to not just parent yourself, but also to parent them. And that's what I realized about inner healing. I had to heal little Brandon because I know a son is in my future. And I realized that the reason people couldn't cultivate me is because they never cultivated them in all aspects. And as I've become a great leader, I've realized that I can only lead people as far as I go. So I constantly cultivate myself to another level of growth, but with inner child healing, um, it, beyond for helping other people, I believe it's also helping you as a mother with your kids and seeing things from a different perspective. Because how old are your kids? Twelve. And yeah. Five. So the twelve-year-old already has things that I'm sure he has to heal from that you're aware of, and then you and you look at it from a bird's eye view. The problem is we always look at things, like I said, the snow globe effect. We just look at the circumstance. My kid is acting up or he's talking back or he's doing this. And you start saying, wait, where is this dissociation of character coming from? And it causes you to go a little bit further. And the five-year-old you protect by just keeping that, um, cultivating the innocence. Whatever your five-year-old is already doing, cultivate that dream. Because the reason I showed this is because I wanted to be a marine biologist when I was a kid. Um, and there was a lot of trauma that happened with fish. And I didn't realize I dropped that dream. Um, my going a little deep, since you do a lot of healing, my mom's ex-husband didn't cultivate his growth, <laughs> didn't do his healing. And he would psychologically try to destroy me just for fun. You know, destroyed all my toys one day because I broke a kid's cram box. He had anger issues. He made me fear him. He made me fear him, but he made me call him dad. So it was like a very twisted psychological thing. Uh, and I had to call him dad. If I called him anything else, I would be grounded or hit. And um, one day as a little kid, I forgot to, I was playing PlayStation. I was about six or seven. And I forgot to feed, I was forgetting to feed my fish because I was so caught up in the PlayStation. And my whole room was filled with fish wallpaper, fish pillow, everything. And um I don't know. And the thing is, sometimes in trauma, you're so numb that you don't realize that this took place until you look back and you're like, that was effed up. <laughs> uh, I come outside one day. He says, hey, come outside. I come outside and he's standing on water and I'm looking at him and he's like, I just stepped on all your fish because you didn't feed them. Wow. So I literally go back into my room and play my PlayStation and kind of was like, what? Like I didn't, I was just so numb. I mean, you're hearing abuse, you're dealing with fear, you're dealing with everything. So fast forward, I do my inner child healing. Um, 2017, I see a picture of a, of a whale shark, an influencer with a whale shark. And I see it's in the Philippines. So all of a sudden the desire to come to the Philippines was like immediate. And I didn't understand why. I get to the Philippines, there's no whale shark unless I go to like a specific island. It just so happens that around Christmas time, I'm able to go to the whale shark. I'm able to experience everything. I swam with the whale and it was the most majestic experience of my life. I don't know if you saw the reel on my Instagram. Um, I'll send it. To, you're going to cry when you see it now because you know this whole story. And I'm actually going to share this story on my platform so people could see what happened. I swam with one of the, and a whale shark is considered the biggest fish in the ocean because it's a shark. It's not a whale. Whales are mammals, shark. I swam with it and there was a moment that time stopped and it looked me in the eyes and we're swimming together. Well, the next day I'm doing a course and I realized that story about the fish that were stepped on. I was like, wow, like my fish were stepped on, but then I got to swim. And the thing is when my fish were stepped on, I felt like I was 
I read this book called Breathing Underwater, that you feel that you're suffocating. But I literally felt like I was breathing in the water. Like it was a different encounter. And I realized that if I didn't do my inner child healing, when I saw that whale shark, it could have destroyed me. It could have taken me right back to that moment. Because as I've gone through life, I realized there's triggers. And it was it was about mm-hmm. two weeks before that, I go on a vacation. I'm sitting at, I'm here in the Philippines, but Manila's the city. And then all the beautiful islands are right outside the city. It's about an hour flight to get anywhere. Like if you're going from a state to a state, that's here like you're going to an island to an island. And I sit down at a cafe and I look and all of a sudden it's a huge fish tank with fish. And that's when the, the childhood trauma came to mind. But I looked at it in a way like I'm living my best life and I've healed. And I look at it and it didn't have that pool. Little did I know two weeks later, I was going to be swimming in a fish tank. But all of this was coming to the surface and I needed to heal because I would have missed all these moments, beautiful moments because I hadn't healed. Because I've scuba dived. I mean, I've snorkeled. I've done all these things and I didn't even think about the fish. But as I've been alone with myself. And I've been really going back into the root of my story. And I'm seeing, man, darkness was pretty cruel. Um, what that did for me is it made me feel that I was irresponsible because I didn't feed my fish. It made me feel that I was dumb. And it also made me feel like everything that I own was never going to have value. And I was seeing that traject out of my life constantly. And now I'm living my desires. I, sw- I swam with a whale shark and I even have a keychain to prove it. But every time I have this keychain, I feel like a child again. Because as a little kid, I would have definitely had a whale shark on my keychain. So it all, it all comes full circle. That's beautiful. And it, the awareness that you build whenever you have those moments where you're like, this could have been a trigger, but instead I'm just observing how much I've grown in this moment which was a treasure and you feel so much peace I love those moments it's it's amazing but fun fact for me I wanted to be a singer when I was oh so the conviction came when I said that I'm singing (laughs) let's go so um the way that I do inner child work sometimes is by doing karaoke Mm. Love it. This is this is the land of karaoke. That's actually one of the reasons I stayed. Is it? The founder, the founder of karaoke is Filipino. And here they do karaoke for fun. Like if they're gonna have a party, they'll order a karaoke machine. And like holidays, people are singing karaoke at like seven in the morning. I was like, in Miami, it's just when you're really pissed drunk and you're singing at a bar and there's karaoke. It's not like a family <laughs> gathering thing. But here Well, I used to do that at my family. Oh, gathering. here it's we would always end the night with karaoke. So then you might be Filipino too. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Maybe, who knows? Do you want me to sing? That's what I wanted to do. Yeah, go I'll ahead. sing Yellow by Coldplay. Look at the stars. Look how they shine for you. And all the things that you do. And it was all yellow. That's beautiful. Oh, I love it. I love music so much. And you had mentioned earlier how you had auditioned for American Idol. So we could get into that story. And I actually had Brian Del Toro on my podcast, who also auditioned for American Idol. We got into that. So why don't you tell me your story about your experience? So as a little kid, I always dreamed of being a star. 
I had no idea that how it would go about. I thought it would be acting. I thought it would be singing. Um, but I wanted to be a star. I now realize it's because I'm a great, uh, I'm called to be a great role model. So destiny has me set out to be a star because I focus on, hey, the more light that shines on me, let's shine on projects that no one's looking at. So for instance, the more that my platforms have grown, the more I've done like inner healing and motivation and all these things. Uh, so I didn't understand it. I thought star as a kid, you see a star and you're just like, I just want to be a star. You don't understand that it's literally destiny saying I need you to be a powerful public figure because you have a big mission. So um, I would write love songs and like fourth grade, I would listen to Casey and Jojo. I was writing lyrics, all this stuff. So when I got into taking electives, I would never take chorus because they look kind of weird. Like I was like, eh, I don't know if I want to do this. Like I still wanted to sing, but I would sing on my own. I'd sing my own jams. So I did drama for four years. Then I get to high school and drama was even weirder. Like it just got kind of funky. It was a little interesting. So I, uh, I decided to join the chorus. One of my friends was in chorus and I joined chorus and uh, I was kind of like drumline. I never learned how to play music, but I was one of their best singers, one of their best male vocalists. So I made it into the top choir in my senior year. I was in their top choir. Uh, and in the process of that, I find out that American Idol had an audition and we were creating like a little boy band and we'd sing it like, um, you know, like fraternities and stuff have like talent shows. We would sing and we would win, we would do great. We would get into the talent show, all of that. So my grandparents, I don't know how it just got there so quick. And I was writing a song called like singing on stage and all this stuff. And uh, my grandparents, before I know it, we're, we're taking a drive to Tallahassee to try out no Jacksonville from Miami to Jacksonville in a pickup truck to go try out for American Idol. Cause I was, and I was certain that I was going to win. Like I was, I had my inner child innocence of telling everybody, every store I walked into to look for a pair of jeans because I needed jeans for my audition. Oh, because I'm trying out for American Idol. <laughs> like I was that guy, like, I need some jeans because I'm going to be on American Idol tomorrow. You know, I was just like, so excited. So, so thrilled. And it goes back into the performance. I just, um, as a little kid, I was told I was worthless. I was thrown against furniture and told I was worthless. So my whole life I had been trying to perform to be like, Hey, look at me now. I have worth subconsciously. I was doing that. So that's why like, when I was going to these places, I was like, please look at me and think that I'm cool because I have worth. So, uh, I go to the audition. There's 12,000 people in line. So I'm like, Whoa, wait a second. And there's like no Simon, no judges. It's about six auditions before that. So then I realized, I'm like, how do people who sing bad make it on a TV show? And then I see someone sing bad. I see someone sing like Jennifer Hudson. Amazing. And they say, no, this girl goes with a pink mohawk, dances around, sings the hokey pokey. And they're like, yeah. And I was like, this is bull beep. <laughs> like. So then I go and sing and I was like, I can't sing like that lady and I'm not going to dance around like this one. So I sing and I'm just like, my nerves are everywhere. And they're like, you're not what we're looking for. And just hearing that rejection, you're not what we're looking for. Mind you, I was a 17 year old kid with long hair and braces. So immediately I'll, I'll never be a star. I drive back in the car with six hours with my grandparents in complete silence, just saying, if it wasn't going to happen there, it's never going to happen. And I just kind of let it go. And I would play small. I would sing for the church, but never try to like record an album or anything. And I feel like the church was like my safe place to still be able to use my gift, but not take it to the world. Well, while I was out here alone with my demons, I realized one of the, my life was getting so dark 
because I was just trying to be um, a model, but I had so much more to offer than just my looks. I have a voice, <clears throat> which I would say in speaking, but I literally have a singing voice. And it's funny because every time I was Mr. USA, there would be karaoke and I would sing and everybody would be like, whoa, like you have a freaking voice. Like, why are you not going for a singing contest? Um, so while I was out here, I, I literally felt uh, God tell me like, you're not, you're not a model, you're a singer. Like you can always model, you can always be an image, but you're a singer. And in that moment, I was like, you're right. Like a part of me always knew this is what I need to do. And there was times in my funk that I kept feeling like you're a singer. That's why you're in a complete disconnect with your life because you're not flowing in it. Um, so I answered the call to it. And one day I woke up at 4 a.m. And I said, I'm going to dedicate because I want to write a book, launch an app and record, uh, launch an album 2023. So one day I woke up on a Sunday and I said, this is the day I'm dedicating to start the foundation of it. I woke up at 4 a.m. I downloaded this app called Splice where you get a bunch of sounds. I start listening to different sounds. And like a lightning bolt, lyrics hit me and I start writing it down. Uh, within three weeks, I recorded the song. So I've actually recorded the song. I have glimpses of it. I don't know how the Zoom would go. So I could actually sing parts of it to you, but it's about breaking out of depression. It's called Life Abundantly. So it goes, uh, you want to hear a glimpse? Yeah, sure. <laughs> All right, so it goes. I don't know what you walked in here with, but you're not about to leave with it. I don't know what you walked in here with, but you're not about to leave with it. Let the light resound, heal your soul, take back control. Your mind is your own. Tell it to leave you, tell it to leave you, tell it to leave you alone. Depression, normal sessions, this is my confession. Now I joy, peace, prosperity. Ready to be, ready to be, ready to be the best of me. So we have a house beat attached to it. I could almost hear it. It's so crazy. <laughs> like the way that you sing it, I could almost hear the music in the back. I don't know. I don't know if it's my intuition that could put it all together, but... It's hot. I love it. This song is hot. I can't wait to hear the full. So that's more of an acoustic version. We have like a party version to it that I've been working on too, but I might have like the two versions because I that's more of like the the flow. Uh, the other one is kind of like, because I've made like a, a very, I want to have like a music conference, but with music that makes you feel like you're healing your soul instead of like. Oh my God, yes. When I did ayahuasca in May, one of the things that came up for me was that I've also been suppressing my gifts as a singer mm. and that my voice is very healing and I could use it to heal. Mm. So sometimes when I'm doing sound bowls, if I feel called to, I'll, I'll use my voice. And then I'll have um, people ask me, were you singing? Was that you? Was, was that the music? And in that moment when I was in the ayahuasca, I could see myself using my voice and you know music is vibrational the frequency right gets into our dna it was a beautiful vision that i had so that's something that i'm working towards well that's one thing i've realized is the the more that we connect deeper with ourselves the more we will find out our destiny i wrote a quote the other day and i said you don't have to go far to look for destiny you have to look back you have to look up 
it's not like you got to go on this whole journey. It's really just introspect. You know, men know more about outer space and the stars than they do about their own oceans. And the more that we heal ourselves, um, we're, we're honest with ourselves, you know, and I believe when we're in such a panic state about everything happening in the world that we're so focused on everything, it's because we're, we're choosing to avoid what's really happening in the environment as opposed to the environment. And um, when you're doing like ayahuasca or these things, what it's causing you to do, I mean, there's other ways to access it without having to go into that level. What right. it's doing is it's causing you to, to confront what you've been avoiding. It's kind of like when you're really, really, really drunk and you start talking about how stuff is going down and people are like, whoa, remember I was telling you, like people start confessing things. It's because when you finally let go of that border of that, like of I have to keep my composure. And that's why I said, like, when you're alone with yourself and all you have is yourself and there's nothing to keep you busy, but to deal with yourself. Remember, we were talking about busyness when you're fully alone in another country and you're sitting and there's no invitations coming to you left and right because people don't know you here. You have to deal with your thoughts. And I had a choice. I mean, before when I was alone, I would just smoke some weed and just keep the time chill and watch TV. I'm choosing to be sober. I mean, I'll have a drink here and there, but I don't want to get drunk. I don't want to be like out of it. I want to have my mind because I've, I've done it for so long and I've used it as an escape for my mind instead of like a confronting of my mind. And when I've realized that when I've decided to confront my thoughts, and that's why my song says like, take control of your mind. It says, I don't know what you walked in here with, but you're not about to leave with it. I don't know what you walked in here with, but you're not about to leave with it. Let light resound, um, heal your soul, take back control because your mind is your own. And that's one of the biggest healing process of just knowing that you have control. And I'm sure you've realized that because these people that go by the textbook and um, there's people who go for the medication. I, I really believe that if the human the human soul decides to take back control of their mind. It's it's a workout. The same way it takes work to lose weight. It takes works to heal from trauma, all these things. But there is an ability and you have to first believe that it's possible. The same way that it's possible to live your dreams, but it's going to take work. There's, there's a possibility that you can do the healing. I mean, as people hear my story and then they see the trajectory of my life now, the stories don't add up but it's because it took work. It took showing up and days where I wanted to believe the narrative of what I was told or how I was treated was more real than my destiny. The circumstance now is not even real. It's a product of trauma, but the real is the divine design of how you were invented. Like singing is more real than when you were like in the yoga space, you know, it's like, that's been the, the real deep, deep part of it. Everything kind of gets you there. But that's like the real raw identity. Um, so when we have these moments where we kind of look at our life, because that's what you said it happened. You looked at your life and you, but you saw yourself singing. You had a moment where you sat down with the desires of your heart. And that's what I do. Um, I have a workshop coming up on vision casting. The first thing I, I ask them is, who are you not? So do you know about the speaking tour I did in the U.S.? No. Oh. So I did a speaking yeah. tour, and this is how a lot of um, I ended up here, actually. I did a speaking tour as Man of the World USA. Uh, I went to Liberty City, and I spoke at an addictions recovery center, and I did a workshop um, that I was going to take on a tour across the U.S. And while I was there, 
I told the audience, I said, the reason you're in here is because you lacked vision. So we did a whole workshop. And at the end, I said, the only reason you were in here is because you didn't have the desires of your heart written out. I then went to schools in Chicago in bad neighborhoods. And I spoke to the kids about dreams and about like releasing, um, I call it the lies assignment, where you write out on a sheet of paper, every hurtful word that was said to you at any point in your life, you title it lies, you read everything it says, and then you shred it and you, your teacher's subconscious mind, like that was never real. So it's not, you're going from weak to strong. You were never weak. You're not going from ugly to beautiful. You were never ugly. You're not going from worthless to, to valuable. You were never worthless. So you start understanding that it was never real what was said to you. So you're not trying to prove or perform for it. Um, so in my vision workshop, we're doing that. But then after you remove the lies, then it's like, but then who are you? So you sit down, write out a list of the desires of your heart. If you ever want to know who you are, the greatest mirror reflection is giving yourself the space to write out. And I did this, Steve Harvey recommended it. And now I tell people it could be a little bit less, but you could, you write out 300 desires that you want to do before you leave this earth with no judgment. When you do that, singing will pop up multiple times. Like you'll be like, oh, I want to, I, and you just like, you got to be real with yourself. But one of the most beautiful things there is when you see how much you want to help this world. Because I did the list and I felt like the ego side popped up like, oh, but then I literally felt just divine intervention say, but look at how much you want to help the world. And I started noticing that a lot of my desires, I put a star next to them and about a high percentage of them was a blessing to someone else besides me. Yeah, I want my Lamborghini. I want my private jet. But then I also want to create things all over the world. And I realized I'm like, wait, that's why the desire is there. Like our desires of our heart, like with singing and healing and everything you're doing now, it could be that you're called to release an album to help people heal through trauma like Adele, but in a healing way, because Adele kind of keeps you in the trauma. <laughs> she keeps you in the sorrow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She's the anti <laughs> We're still rolling yeah, in the deep. That's one of my karaoke songs. Um, but what if you are like exactly that? Like you are the opposite of Adele. Like you take people through the healing instead of through the moment, and it's just like the bounce back. You know, um, that could be your calling. And the more that you sit down with the desires of your heart, you realize I want to travel the world. Well, it could be through singing that that'll open up. We will see. <laughs> we will with your see. daughter. <laughs> Yeah. Oh God, go. <laughs> you know, maybe the daughter, because you're not the first person that tells me that they see like a little girl in my future. It could possibly be whoever I end up with has a daughter already. I'm for that. We could go into that topic, that. the relationship topic. Right. Because I did, I was telling you how there was a post that you had put on Facebook about how for, I don't remember what was the time frame you had got rid of any entanglements, you know, really focused on yourself, not even like flirting or even giving anybody like a side eye with like attention of anything and how much doing that helped you grow. So can we talk a little bit about your journey with that? Are you still in that journey? Yes. So uh, when I got to the Philippines, that journey did fall off, be transparent as hell. <laughs> uh, like I said, you leave me alone with myself for too long and then I start, I go against myself. Uh, but it did, it did pick back up. But I also feel I'm a very big person on intuition. And there has been someone in my life that has been in and out of my life for a long time. And I've sat down and I've questioned, is this person the person that I would have in my future? And even just by entertaining that thought, it gave me tunnel vision. 
because I realize whether she is or she's not, I want to learn how to keep my eyes on one woman. And that has been a healing factor. Um, not only have I worked focused on healing me, I've been focused on avoiding distractions. The biggest enemy of men is distractions. The reason marriages fall apart is because a man got distracted from his empire. The reason businesses fall apart, a man's distracted with how he's using his money. A man never builds his empire is because he's distracted. So I've learned that the more I've learned how to have focus on the task at hand, that it, it creates just a powerful, powerful flow. And even a lot of my self-love journey, because yeah, I was abstinent, but then I had an addiction to pornography. So that doesn't help. Like you're pretty much, <laughs> you're not doing anything. You're doing a lot. You know, uh, what really broke the pornography, and this is transparent as hell, was forgiving myself originally for the actions that I had taken because pornography is a very shameful addiction. It's something that you not only are hush hush about it, but you're not so proud about it. So when I let go of all of my shame, when I looked at myself in the mirror and I said, I love you and I let everything go, I meant it. You know, there's moments in your life when you're like, you know, when you tell somebody like we're done and then it's like, no, like we're done. When I said, I love you and I let everything go, it was like, we're done caring all of this. And it was in a moment where things were getting really dark in my life and I was losing myself. I lost my identity. I lost my morals. I lost my perception of self. And it happened while I was out here. I was always trying to be a person for other people. I was even trying to be abstinent for religion. God told me, he said, you were doing this not because you loved yourself, but because you wanted to be accepted by a certain organization. And I was like, wow, that explains the pornography. It's like, if you loved yourself, you wouldn't be having these addictions. And it really brought a sense of healing where all of this broke off from forgiving self. Because I realized, um, even in religion, it, it talks about like your, your sins are forgiven, right? But nobody talks about, do you forgive yourself for your foolishness? Do you let yourself, right. do you, can you believe in a clean slate? Because if you do, you won't continue. Like for the, let's say the, the girl who finds herself in a lot of entanglements, she keeps getting more entangled because subconsciously she's just like, who have I become in all of this? And then now she takes on this identity. But when you heal from it all, you go back to being a little kid and a man and a woman can hang out together and it doesn't have to go into all of that funk. You know, and, and it helps with business. When you're building an empire, you could either build an empire or build a hookup, but you can't do both. So you have to, and that's why I put up a post about that. Like if men could go to clubs and network instead of network, <laughs> it would be a whole different world, you know? And I've done that. I've gone to clubs out here. Yeah, I'll have a drink or two or three or four, whatever, I'll have a drink, but I, my focus is not who am I going to take home tonight or who can I dance with? It's literally who can I connect with social media? It's a different perspective. And I realize yeah, it's your intention is completely different. That's the thing because the intention of, I like sleeping alone in my bed because I trust myself. I love myself and my space. I was telling uh, the, the uh, owner of this unit, I said, this is my sacred space. And the more that we honor ourselves and the more that we love ourselves and the more that we forgive ourselves, the foundation of peace is the only door that people can walk in through. If you're not coming into my foundation with peace, you're not welcome into this close of my space. I'm learning this book called Relational Intelligence, and it talks about we use the word friend so lightly. Well, imagine boyfriend, girlfriend, like we're bringing these people in. And even if we're saying we're talking 
like we're saying we're more than than an associate you're a friend right but it's like who are we really allowing in our space and are they coming with the foundation of peace because it's when you really love yourself it's like a little kid a little kid loves themselves they don't understand it fully but you tell them to do something they're like no it's something about adults that we always feel like we gotta just kind of show up a certain way like we sit through meetings that we don't want to be in but we feel like we got to do it just out of respect like kids have no tolerance for crap they're like this sucks this is boring have you ever heard a kid say like this is boring like we got yes i have to you have to be like that and it's not that we're being uh, immature it's just like if this is boring then why am i sitting here well the same thing in a relationship same thing in text messages same thing i was telling guys like if you're in a date with a girl and you don't know if you're the only man in her life like cut it off right there because you feeling like oh she got three other guys that's unhealthy and you shouldn't feel that you have to compete to be that space you know and i had to learn that because i was a performance person and I would always go for the challenge. I mean, but then I realized I'm like, nah, I, I'm going to go for the wife. And because I've been building a foundation for a wife and kids, it's healed a lot. It's healed a lot, even from sexual traumas, because as a little kid, I went through sexual abuse from a man. So then I had the entanglements and, and, and emotions for men. And then I got those entanglements. But when I decided, no, I want a future. I want a wife. I want kids. I had to put away everything that was not going to build that foundation. The same way that I say, I want to, I want to have a great physique. I have to put away eating pizza every night. You have to put things away in order to get the desired goal. And that's why I tell people focus on destiny and then the details focus on what you want your life to look like. So then when you go on a date, you realize will this person meet this five-year goal. Is this the man that will fit the space for this five-year goal? But if you're just going through the motions of month to month, oh, this guy's cute. He has a yacht. You know, it just goes, oh, this is fun at the moment. But it's like, and when you do that, when you sit down with your dreams, you write out the desires of your heart, you see your five-year goal. It's like, I, I, I'm actually writing a song called I Choose Me Now. And it's, it's about cutting the strings of performance for everybody. Because also in Miami and just in life and Cuban culture, my grandma literally wrote on my birthday card when I turned 30, no, 29, you're getting old, you need a wife. <laughs> <laughs> literally oh um they would rather me be in a toxic space than a healed whole space you know because we've seen all the they don't understand that yeah they don't understand that it's not like their concept it's not it wasn't the intention it wasn't the priority it wasn't what you know we're going into dating and relationships doing right but yeah, it's a lot of work, especially when you where you're doing this healing work, meeting people, you have to make sure that you're evaluating them. And I, I brought this up because I'm in a place right now where I'm taking a step back. My therapist said something that she blew my mind because, you know, they say when you continue to attract emotionally unavailable people, there's a part of you that's unavailable. And in my head, I'm like, I'm very emotionally available, <laughs> like I am. She goes, yeah, but you could be emotionally available, but it could just be your soul that's unavailable. And I was just like, got it. Okay, so we're doing this now. Mm -hmm. So then that's when I decided I'm going to take a step back. I'm cutting off all those, you know, entanglements myself, all of those. Even if somebody comes at me like flirting with me, I just cut it off like right away. like 
stop right there. <laughs> we're not, <laughs> we're not even, don't even say another word. <laughs> this is not happening. As to before, maybe I would not entertain it because I wouldn't entertain it all the time, but I would just, the conversation might go a little bit longer than it should have. Like you said, saying no, not, not having the patience for certain things. That's where I'm at in my life too. I can't sit and have a conversation with someone that if I'm bored, I just wrap it up. I've battled with myself with, God, are you just being so fucking rude and a bitch right now? Or you're just like, no, I just, it's not that I don't care. I just really don't have the capacity to just deal with certain things anymore. And I have a challenge for you in your intuitive healing. I want you to use your intuition to really decipher who your husband is because intuitive is also discernment and it's about discerning of spirits it's discerning what's going on i believe you will have the ability because that's what i've i've really sat down in and if we give ourselves the space to go into that fairy tale imagination as kids you're you're the person who's there for your soul you will recognize them and it shouldn't be a mystery so trust your intuition when it comes to relationships, because I know that you're like, my intuition has sucked before, <laughs> but in all this healing, your intuition is heightened, not just in trauma and all this healing, but also in who to allow into your space. So trust that. Uh, and then if it's not it, then it's not it. And it's the same way. And then don't settle for anything less than what it is. And that's why I talk about my new standard is abundance. If you're not coming in with abundance of joy, abundance of peace, or abundance of this opportunity that's going to come from here. I just, somebody the other day was offering me a, a business deal and he's like, Oh, I could pay you lots of money. And I said, but what is it? What is the job? <laughs> like, <laughs> the money in my face. I, we, exactly. I could get money, a lot of money. Well, a it's a big yourself. Yeah, it's, <laughs> but people do that in a relationship. Like, where is this where is happening? And um, I like that you said you cut things off. I, I, I pay for ads on social media. So I get, hundred like this week I got 500 followers just from little ads that I do I just learned how to hack the algorithm in that I respond to every single person who messages me every person and you think people aren't flirting so I know how to like cut it I know how to not entertain it I know sometimes it's just kind of like endearing and then sometimes it's disrespectful but learning how to do all of that with my mindset of I truly believe I know the woman I'm going to marry like I just I know I I mean it, I've seen the whole story of life and that's the thing like in this phase of our life, sometimes there's people and there's characters that we sit back and we're kind of like, wait a second, like it's got like a sitcom. Have you watched a sitcom? And then at the end, it's like, whoa, they end up together. It's been like friends. I've been watching Friends and I haven't even gotten to the episode where uh, Monica dates. Is it Chandler? Have you ever seen? I've never. Seen OK, that. so they are literally like seasons deep. And then I know because I saw the last couple episodes, they're married but they're hanging out and things are happening and they don't realize it. Sometimes that's happening in life and we're not catching it because we're not healed. So this person is not even an option because in our radar. We're not, yeah. It's like not even within your radar because you're not, you're not her yet. So you both don't recognize it because you're not her and he's, he's still developing him. So the resonance is not taking place, but I really do believe your intuition is going to show you and he might be him, but not him yet but you'll be able to identify that. And the same way you're going to do that with your sons, you're going to see who they are today, but who they're going to be. That's what's going to bring you a lot of peace. Because even if your kid's grades are not coming in that great, but you see him as a millionaire, you cultivate the millionaire as opposed to the C in that. 
I do that already with my older one. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. Same thing that's gonna happen with your husband. Like he's gonna have glimpses of him, but it's like in five years he could be a billionaire, you know. And you're seeing, but it, it's about the intuition of, and it is a risk factor with relationships. But if we have that intention in mind, we don't find ourselves in entanglements. Why? Because we keep the end in mind. We keep the destiny in mind. And it's like, do you still want to be fooling around in five years or do you want to be focused? <laughs> so right. Exactly. Exactly. It doesn't get easier to break a habit the longer you have it. It actually brings more shame. I was hooked on um, pornography for 16 years. I thought it would never break. And it broke. And immediately when I said, I looked in the mirror and I said, I let all this go. Now, I obviously had divine intervention and I asked, I just had to be forgiven for this because it was also just something I never thought I would let it go. I always thought it would be a part of my identity to the day that I die. And I know married men that are still battling it. I had a friend who was married and would tell me he'd hang out in the bathroom a little bit longer because he was still watching. And I was like, it was really messing with my psyche of thinking that I'm going to carry this in and I don't want this. But it's the same thing. Like when we really let everything go we also let go the cynicism of like, what if I cheat or what if they cheat? You know, we got to let all of it go. Mm -hmm. And even the fluff of other people's nonsense, because remember, you're doing a lot of healing. A lot of these married people didn't. So when they're together, their lack of healing, they still don't know who they are. They're still following distractions. You could be focused when you're single. You could be focused when you're married. The problem is a lot of people meet in a season where they're all dating, carry all that. And I know this is not just for us, it's for whoever's listening. What I've realized now with a lot of people and clients is just people. And now that I'm understanding relationships, because I was married for over 10 years. I didn't know that. And when I, yeah, and when I got into that relationship, I was not healed. I was not who I am today. I keep evolving. And basically, it's just these two people that are trying to meet each other's needs that you didn't receive as a child. So you're just trying to get from your partner what your parents didn't give you. So stepping back and seeing how relationships are and then knowing I could do different. I want different. Things aren't supposed to be like this. Yes, it's not a fairy tale. People have their disagreements, but it's not a disrespectful way. You just made me realize something. What? You are powerful dangerous i'm just playing um the, the woman the woman that i that i do believe that i'm called to be with and there's things that have happened i've actually told her this <laughs> funny enough i'm wild and i'm a i have a childlike imagination um but recently um something happened and it created a bit of a disconnect and it was my gentle side that caused it but this woman's father passed away and she had a very very close relationship with him and I realized something as I said that I probably sounded like her father, which scared the crap out of her because I am in a father season. And that's the thing. A woman is attracted to a husband in a father season. She's attracted to a boy and her little. But when a woman is in her woman season, she's a, it's like, you know how we have the mating call. A husband is a different kind of attraction than a, a boyfriend. Am I wrong? Like you see someone even says like husband material. And I am in the, the, that space with how my platform is, everything that I'm like, all right, now I could build where a family can walk in. It's a very different thing than a Miami boy hanging out at the bar. It's a, just a different thing. It's not to judge. It's just a different flow. You know, I've just seen too much of the world to go back to where I was. But also when I speak to a woman, especially if it's a woman that I'm interested in, that I, the whole story that we've known each other for many years and I sent her an audio because I realized that my messages are very dry. And I brought up a, 
her previous relationship, which she opened up about. And I said, I know that you battled the trigger of a previous relationship where someone showed up and they acted like they supported you, but they didn't. But I just want to let you know, as a friend, I really do care about you. And I just left it there. And that's been one of the hardest things for her to respond to. But I've realized that it's like the healing process of letting go of a narcissistic relationship and a father who passed away. How do you trust new voices that say that they care? So I've realized, and you know, the the whole story with her helped me battle against my demon of rejection. Because I was like, no, accept me, accept me. And I realized it's not, she's not rejecting me. She's rejecting the whole concept. And the more that I look like the right thing to her, it scares the crap out of her. So I've had to sit back and like, I've just let things bloom. And I have learned that there's a lot more healing when you say what you got to say, but it's said and you let it bloom because people need to process truth and truth resonates and it always sets people free. When someone, and this is for somebody listening, when someone is very adamant, like, no, believe me, you have to trust me. They're not, there's something off there. Either they still haven't dealt with their healing or they're lying to you and they want you to fully believe. But when you're saying the truth and you mean what you say, lust is very manipulative. And that's why people end up in entanglements because they're literally like set up to fail. There's, there's a diabolical setup to get in your pants or to hook up with you or to get something from you. But love is patient. Love allows things to take place. Love is not in a hurry because love is also busy building a better place for this world. So someone who doesn't make it, I mean, I've learned to build my empire and trust in the process of what is happening. Just a lot of weird, supernatural things have happened in the flow of this, but it's also healed my rejection demon where I realize if someone, they're not saying no, they're just not responding. It's not that they're not responding because it's you. It's that they're not responding to the idea of any of this at this moment. Mm -hmm. It's like you right now, if a man comes into your life and he really shows a husband factor, but you just got out of a 10 year marriage, you're going to be like, oh, hell no. Like, even when I say a daughter, that means that you're married. So you're all of a sudden like, oh, (laughs) I just cannot. (laughs) (laughs) It's not just the daughter. It's the family. It's the new family. No, I've been divorced already for for over two and a half years, but I've done a lot of work. Yeah. And it comes to like knowing what I want and the conscious relationship and all of that. Like right now when you were talking about the whole lust thing and everything, like I literally cringe just the thought of that. Just somebody entering into my space. I've never been like that. So there has been a shift within the last month and a half for me where I'm just like not interested. Like just the thought. And it's so new for me because I've never been like that. So I'm still trying to figure out like what this is, but I'm allowing it to just be. What do you mean? So I've always been a very sexual person. Like I've always wanted to connect with somebody. Lately, I can't even fathom the thought of anybody even coming around me at all. Why? Because as you healed your inner child, there's also an inner splendor and an inner honor. Um, And I mean, going back through our traumas and we see that what excited a lot of these hormones and things was that I I thought of it one day as like a flower was open before it was time to bloom. So the whole process of blooming wasn't the actual bloom. Like, yeah, you can open it up and it looks how it does. But there's this new and I was going to tell you and it's not to hit on you. It's just like there's like a beautiful side to you. Even looking at you in your face, it's like your healing is beautiful. Your glow is different. And you're noticing, looking in the mirror, you're blossoming differently. 
that's because you went back in and you replanted so that you can finally grow into the fullness of you. And that also causes you to be cautious of what is going to affect my growth. And it's subconsciously, you're way more protective. I found out that yeah. diamond, I was in a room one day and they were saying, the most expensive diamond is not even in the glass with the light on it. It's in the back in the safe. Like when you understand that you are that most precious diamond, you don't just want to be carried or even hugged or kissed by someone that's not going to honor the value. And what happens when you heal is you understand your value. So it's like, yeah, you have your urges, but then you're like, but I'm way too valuable. And that's why the person who is called for your life is going to value you and every aspect of you and will cultivate you to understand that value. Because I believe the man's identity is to speak the, the, the identity into a woman. The man, like even in the, just a man has an ability to say something. And that's why when a man says you're a piece of, it hurts really hard. If a girl says you're like, I'm gonna slap you. But when a man says it, it's like, whoa, there's weight to the words of a man. Uh, a woman has a way of nurturing with her words and a man has a way of speaking an identity into it. And I believe the man that's going to walk into your life is going to cultivate you the same way within the first couple of minutes talking to you as a brand consultant, I was like, Hey, your brand can do this. You can have a book. The man that's going to be in your life is going to do that in a different scale and even give you opportunities for your kids. And you have to be open to allow him to correct certain things because this has been your empire. But I believe a man is called to be the head of a household. And as a woman, that, that submission to that is also a very important factor because sometimes in a marriage, you're the, still the head of the household because the man wasn't getting stuff done. So you're so used to having to do everything. But the right man, the right husband, the right king that walks, and I call it kings and queens, he's never going to make you feel, because first of all, a woman has two questions. Am I lovely? Am I worth fighting for? Not only will you notice that he's fighting for you, but he will make sure that you feel lovely in the process. And that's the way you keep the standard. When you're having all these entanglements, it doesn't make you feel lovely because then you're also like, I'm definitely not the only entanglement. Even though you want to think that you are, you're like, I met you in the funk. <laughs> We're all in our own funks. And then sometimes it's not your only thing, but there comes a moment and, and you will know yourself greater the less you put, you allow others to have you because you are someone with this person and you are someone with this person. And we become, we start to dissociate who we are to fit the program for other people. But when you cut off the strings of all programming, and when I think of entanglements, I think of being suffocated. Like we don't realize it, but it's like you're being suffocated because your voice doesn't matter. And then you also feel like, who am I to say anything about this? Because And it just becomes, un remember when I said, go get your charger, the unnecessary stress. Intended. I know, and I, that's what I was saying. I'm like, this is what I did to myself as I'm walking away. I'm like, this is what I did to myself. <laughs> unnecessary stress. Entanglements are unnecessary stress. And if we ever want to yeah. live our dreams, we have to cut off all of it because it suffocates the dream. Because as long as it's not the right person, then they're blocking who is the right person. Yeah, and it's it's crazy because recently, like maybe like a month, month and a half, I feel like the universe loves to test us to see, are we really done with certain lessons? For like about a year and a half, I had an entanglement, I guess, with someone on and off. It wasn't healthy for me after some time. It was just, it wasn't, it was blocking me from what I really want. I'm like, this is not what I want. I have an entire list of 
the qualifications of what I want in my life, what I envision my person, and this is not it. So I finally cut that off a couple months later. The universe sends me somebody that's aligned with a lot of the things on this list, knows how to speak the, the spiritual lingo, whatever, but I'm really good. Like my intuition picks up on on BS. So I'm just very observant and I'm just like observing this person. Counterfeit. Exactly. This guy, the way he looks, the way he speaks, the way that, you know, I felt like our conversation flow, everything. And then all of a sudden in the same message where he's telling me how amazing I am, he goes on to say, but what the role that I don't see in me in your life, it's not like a boyfriend or husband It's something greater than that. And I'm just like, like, what do you mean by that? <laughs> you know? So wanting the same like having the benefits of having me in their life without doing having that commitment. Okay, so I'm not looking for this type of friend. This is not what I want. And I cut it off immediately. Where I see my growth so much because maybe a year and a half ago, I would have entertained it a little bit longer. But the universe was, I feel, was testing me in a way of like, are you done with this lesson? Because I'm offering you the same lesson, but wrapped up in this wrapping with a lot of the things that you're looking for. But me knowing that what I want is not what you're offering and I'm able to just immediately say, no, I'm done, walk you away. It made me feel so good about myself. It made me feel so powerful. And there's that, that shift that I that I was mentioning earlier, like there's, there's a shift that has happened and I'm so excited to see where it goes and I feel whatever needs to happen, it's time for me to be like completely alone and with myself and sitting with myself. And I spend a lot of time alone when my kids are not here and I, I love it. Since I was little, I was always by myself in my room. So it's a way of me being able to tap into my inner child again where I was always alone listening to music. The other day I was just like, I'm gonna do like a date with myself here at home. So I went on this website. It's like random country picker or something. And I went on the website, I would go, whatever country this lands on, I'm going to make whatever like their famous dishes, whatever it is. So it landed in Vietnam and I made pho and I was listening to Vietnamese music as I'm like making this and I'm like, I didn't know Vietnamese music was popping like this, but okay, like, <laughs> and I'm like listening to the music and, and I made the faux and I just sat with myself and I enjoyed it. And it was just like, so great. So the universe is split up into light and darkness. We see it love and lust, you know, <laughs> I'm actually writing a book on this. That's what the book is called. It's like manifesting, which realm are you manifesting from? So light longs for us to be free. Darkness wants us to be bound. A lot of times the dark distractions are not necessarily from light, but it's darkness trying to take us back into, doesn't like us being too free. And the way I think about it is slaves, their textbooks were taken from them. Their books were taken from them. Cuba, they don't have real textbooks. So the communism is able to take control. So as long as you're in entanglement, you're not as powerful as you are when you're free. And think about it, an entanglement means your legs are tied. And when I think about entanglement right now, I just thought about how Imagine you're swimming in the water and something tangled onto your leg. You can't swim out of that water. And the number one threat to darkness is freedom. It's thinking. You right now are more of a threat because you've cut off entanglements and you're like, wait, this is toxic. So as you talk about it, you're setting other people free. You become a threat. 
darkness. And that's why I believe like light is the absence of darkness. And the more that you set yourself free and the more that you heal, you end up in the, in the hands of light. And that's what I've realized. Sometimes it happens through rock bottom or sometimes it just happens through revelation of, of deep healing. And to be able to discern darkness is, I believe you have, I believe we're born with giftings that are part of our calling. And I keep telling you it's discernment. You have the gift of discernment. It's just, it gets more heightened the more that you connect to you were created. And the thing is discernment gets skewed during trauma because when you're naive and you fall into trauma or something happens to you, then you, you consider yourself having bad judgment. And by having bad judgment and believing yourself as someone with bad judgment, you keep making bad judgment decisions. What happened in the last entanglement? You saw that you had good judgment. That's where your power came from. Because for a long time, you feared your judgment. You're like, I keep doing those dumb things. I keep following the wrong way. When you realize, like, wait a second, there is a wisdom, then your superpower, I call it a superpower. We're all like mutants out here. Your superpower of discernment, of, of noticing the snake uh, the, the wolf from the sheep, you know, the, the wolf in sheep's clothing, uh, the counterfeit, the narcissist, um, you, a moment of power came back because you went back through the whole trajectory of your life of all the times where you had bad judgment. And that's why you felt so good. But that's also because that's your strength. And darkness doesn't want you to know that that's your strength. Because once you do understand that, you're able to call it out on other people's lives. And when you sit down and do intuition, your intuition got stronger after you had your encounter. So the reason light allows darkness to do these things is because it's going to shape you to get stronger. The same way, like I came to the Philippines and, and like had a moment of just like losing myself, but it allowed me to get stronger. And that's the problem with religion. Religion wants to protect you and say, don't have sex. Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't do that. But it doesn't tell you to heal and love yourself. It doesn't give you what direction to go. It just tells you the don'ts and doesn't really give you the destiny. If you tell a kid, hey, you can have a million dollars by the age of 25 if you just focus on your business and they believe it, they won't go through that wild college phase of recklessness and all this stuff. It's that they think they're just going to have a career and they don't think that it's going to matter that if every day they have to focus, if they could show up to a test, whether they cheat on it or not, they could just go through the motions. The problem in life is that we don't have destiny in mind. The more that you've been healing, you've also been seeing, what do I want? The way that you have a list. And then darkness will come and bring you a counterfeit of that list. And then, but you have to realize, nah, this ain't it. There's, there's something here that's fishy. And that's where, that's where your intuition comes in. Because not everybody can recognize the counterfeit. And what it sounds to me is this person's a narcissist. They knew how to speak to you. They spoke in your language. So the power of a narcissist is very similar to a, someone's exhortation. I have the gift of exhortation. The whole time I'm talking to you, I'm drawing out from you. But at the end of this, I'm not trying to get a deal. I'm just trying to see you win. Narcissists will cultivate your identity and kind of notice what you're about. They have this sense of intuition of like a salesman, but their, their goal is to get something from you or to, to, for their benefit. And the problem with you is that you are unconditionally loving. You will give the shirt off of your back if you can. You attract people that are self-seeking. The reason the, the relationships don't work is because your hands are up and they just, their hands are tied with themselves. You, the person that's going to come into your life is also going to have that. And when you're in your entanglement phase, you became a self-seeking 
person. And it's arrows and agape. Agape means unconditional love. Arrows is like a lust and it's a snake eating itself. When we're in entanglements, we're literally destroying ourselves. We're destroying our morals. We're destroying our, we're just, we're starting to find ourselves becoming a person we never wanted to be, but we're becoming more of that person. Um, but then the more that we heal, our hands open up and we're willing to give more and to shape more and to care less about money, but care more about the world. And as you become that person, it's no longer what you're saying. It's like, do I even resonate with your vibe? Like you could tell me all this, but I look you in your eyes and I don't see, you know, it's like you start to recognize that. And um, I'm a big person in prayer. Even when you ask me, hey, you want to do this podcast? I check in. I'm like, do I do this? Because my time is my most valuable asset. This is, this is my morning routine. But I always believe that I don't know what's going to happen five seconds from now. And beyond you asking me this question, who needed to hear? Because we have covered all spectrums of what is going down. And I think the most important thing as I do believe there's a creator to the universe, but beyond that, the universe is dimensions of light and darkness. And the more that we think that there isn't a darkness, we literally end up running face to face. We become blindfolded in a battle. And that's what I mean. Like when you, when you turn the lights on, you could see, Hey, I, I always explain this. If you walk into a room and someone's cheating on you, but the lights are off, you don't see it. You walk into the room, you turn the lights on, you see it <laughs> immediately. You see it. So when you, and that's why I have like a slogan, like let there be light to expose. If you ever want to know if there's entanglements, you turn the lights on. You just like, you, you just have to say, I'm not all knowing. And, and there's a dimension that is invisible. The same way when I ask people, why on earth are you here? And you go through your history of your childhood and all the things that um, I was thrown against furniture and told I was worthless. I was literally told I was a worthless piece of shit at like nine from a six foot one man throwing me against furniture. As a boy, you're supposed to be told that you're strong and that you're powerful. I was told the complete opposite. I was abused. And then I look back at it and I said, why was darkness so mean to me? Like, why, what did it have? And it's like, when light sat me down and said, you're powerful, it's like, holy crap, this is Simba and Scar. What did Scar do? He scared Simba off of his throne. So when trauma came in and tried to knock you off, it's because it saw your power. And as a little girl, you had intuition. You had this ability and darkness felt threatened by it. So even when you get free from things, it wants to bring you another counterfeit, another counterfeit. So that's why I tell people like connect with your creator beyond all religion. If you believe you're created, connect with that because that's where your covering is. And I recently read something and it said like you're within their shoulders. Um, the... I started learning to, I live here fully alone, fully alone, like, and nobody from my family sends me money or tries to help me or anything. And that stripped away a lot of blankets from things. Cause you know, like if you have a flat tire, you can call up an uncle or something here. I got like, I might have friends, but I'm fully alone. And I've learned to just see my divine creator as my ultimate provider, but provider of healing, peace, and joy at the same time. And in that I have also seen as my protector. I sometimes walk around with a thousand dollar watch on the slumps because I have a meeting. I could easily be thinking I'm going to get robbed and something's going to happen to me. And it, all of a sudden it comes against me. Well, the same thing. Now that my platform is reaching 90 countries, I'm speaking every day. I'm getting business opportunities left and right. I turn the lights on before I have a conversation because I mean, I know you, but I don't fully know you. So I don't know the intentions when you ask me to do a live video, what are you trying to leverage from it? If you're going to waste my time, all those things, so when you turn the lights on, um, 
even the text message or the person we entangle with or a, a conversation is an entanglement. You're going back and forth with a friendship, all these things. When you turn the lights on, it exposes the motives. And as being an in, in, intuitive, like doing, having your intuition, intuition is from the dimension of light. Darkness is manipulation. Manipulation and intuition can't operate in the same space. And that's why people who are manipulative are immediately being found out by you. Exposed right away. Because you have, you have the eyes of an eagle and an eagle can see four miles in the future. So you started, while they were talking to you, you were evaluating them. But I also want to tell you, sometimes you have to be in the present as well. Because cynicism could be like, what are your motives? And someone could just want to be there. <laughs> so yeah, No, what I've learned, yeah, because I've been both. But what I've learned is to scan my body. If, if I feel something in my gut, like my gut has a pull, then, then that's when I take a step back and I start observing. But I'm, when I'm with somebody, I'm fully present. I'm giving them the benefit of doubt. But the minute I have like that feeling... That's what I'm just like, okay, so let me observe from a different lens, right? Because then I feel like that's my intuition, like, kind of giving me a little warning. Because dreams are a superpower, but greed is also a supervillain. So right now, you, it's, late, it's late at night, but it, you had this passion to connect with me all the way in the Philippines. I don't know, if, how did we even, like, a Facebook message? I don't even know how this came about. But you were adamant because it's in connection with your dream. Well, greed is the same. Right. Oh, I need to talk with her because I'm going to make money off of this. And I need to like, it has that same force. The thing is that love is power and manipulation is force. Power is stronger than force. And that's why I say when you forgive yourself, it's an outside power that comes in because love is not only from us. It's from like, God is love. So the more that we work on loving ourselves, we literally tap into our God-like factor. And that's how we become even more powerful because when we love ourselves, we love our dreams, we love everything. And you become this like limitless being. Well, force, trauma was forced. You were forced upon just getting off course, basically. But power is stronger. And the more that you tap into the power of intuition, the manipulation, because force is manipulation. Cuba, we're from Cuba, right? They forced them into communism through manipulation, and now they force them into oppression through their force. There's no love there. But the love of my grandfather to get the hell out of there is what got me to my dream. So it's like understanding the difference. Um, and notice, and this is going to be a key factor for you. I love how it turned into an interview for you. <laughs> right, I know. <laughs> this is your show. <laughs> Just put it on your YouTube. <laughs> I was thinking, I was like, this is a good YouTube video. No, but honestly, when, and it goes back to, are they forceful? Because power doesn't need to prove. When you asked me to introduce myself, I could have been trying to prove, oh, hey, I'm super cool. And I'm, I literally like went into like, how can I offer this to you? You're going to notice that in conversations with people because your, your empire is going to grow. And it, it's going to grow. It's going to hit new heights. As you continue to heal, things are going to expand because you're creating a foundation of peace. You're going to interview the right people. Things are going to happen. I have a way of knowing things. But you're also going to notice who's being forceful. I'm helping two organizations. I'm helping an organization in Uganda. One person is patient. One person is not. And I'm realizing the person who's patient is the one I'm going to work with. The person who's not, I'm not going to work with them. Why? Because force versus love. They're both for an orphanage. But the way that one is operating is showing me that there might be something shady in the flow of that. Right. 
Mm-hmm. It's it's crazy that a lot of the things that have come up in this conversation are things that I've been thinking about in the last couple of days. Just certain things. It's just no coincidences. It's just confirming and reassuring. You're having an interview with light. I have turned on the lights in all aspects of my life and the superpower. It's funny. I have a selfie light here, but the superpower, because you believe in the spiritual side, the superpower I have, I call it burning bush. And it's kind of like when Moses went into a burning bush and he's like, you're a shepherd, but you're actually called to set people free. People can't have an interview with me or an encounter with me and leave the same. Like you won't leave this the same. And anybody listening to me won't leave the same because I had that encounter directly in my hotel room after nights of recklessness. And I've never been the same, but a lot of it was just to understand like this world is dark, but we've been blinded to it. Like we've been, and, and I believe darkness is even used religion, which blew my mind because you think religion is safe. And it's like, but I was like, no, darkness used religion to keep people even further from their creator by keeping shame. But I went back into the history of like, okay, he was clearly a historical figure, Jesus. Now, whether he was a savior or not, how did he operate? There was a woman caught in the act of prostitution that he said, I'm not going to shame you. But religion will shame the prostitute if she's thrown in front of her. Right. <laughs> like they'll, they'll shame the teenager who's having sex. And I saw it happen within relatives in my, I saw people leave a relationship with God because the church made her feel like a whore. Like I've seen it all. And I was like, wow, darkness will even use religion to keep people away from destiny. So I started looking at everything. And the more that I have questioned everything, I have become an even more wise being. And I've connected with just turning on the lights And I have lived in such a peace because the same way I walk around with my thousand dollar watch, because I'm like, I'm not going to look like poverty because I'm walking through slumps. Like I need to get to my location to have my meeting. Like it's not that I'm purposefully doing it. I just, this is my business. Like this is my empire. This is my flow. And I don't fear getting robbed the same way I'm walking through life. And I don't fear being manipulated and I don't fear scams. I don't fear. It's just a different level of turning the lights on and um those questions you've been asking when you asked me to do this interview i know that because of what i've been the it's power it's not force i haven't forced you to think i've just the power has exposed a lot of what you were about to be manipulated with business-wise and things like that was just exposed that's the difference of power and force. i had no idea so manipulation examines and then attacks Darkness is smart, not because it's all knowing, but it's all observant. It observed you as a little girl. So then it said, let's take her down because she has this gift. I don't know anything about you. I've never even really spoken to you off of in the last couple of years. We spoke like once or twice through. I don't know what you're doing day to day. I wasn't on your Instagram checking that, but power, it exposes it's light. And it's just, it doesn't make sense until it makes sense. We both met when we were in different spaces you were in the fitness i was doing yoga and we met at a fitness networking event Mm. but i remember when i met you noticing your light Mm. and noticing what a beautiful soul you were and not like in a way like you know i was attracted to you or like anything it was just i just saw you i saw you for who you were and and we we started following each other we kept we were in contact whatever And then I started seeing your healing journey and seeing the things that you're sharing. And I, like I told you before we got on the call that 
I look up to you so much for the work that you're doing for men because men need so much healing, so much healing. And it's something that I hold very dear to my heart because, you know, what happened with my father and how he took his own life because he didn't find that healing. So to see somebody leading by example is such a beautiful thing. And, and that's honestly why I wanted to have you on here because it's so in alignment with, with what I believe in and the work that I do. So, so you thank see, you so much. Your desire to help men heal brought your deeper healing because your intentions were love. The more that you keep your intentions love, your expansion of your empire will continue to grow and you will receive above and beyond abundance. And you know what? I just, something just came up, came to me. You, how you were saying how the darkness would try to like block you from doing what you need to do. And what just came to me is for many years, I did not want to work with men at all. I didn't want to take any male clients. I was because of my trauma, because of, you know, I felt like I don't want to be in a situation where I might be taken advantage of or whatever. And it just came to me that that was the darkness keeping me from helping them. Because like I mentioned to you before we got on the call, the majority of my clients right now are men seeking true healing without wanting anything more from me other than to help them heal. So I was picked on by men. I was called gay. I was called pussy. I was called weak. I was bullied. Um, my stepfather was a man speaking into men's life was one of the most uncomfortable things because then when I became a model, I was hated by men. I would purposely not be invited by, to parties by guys because I was the best looking guy. Like it was, it was, so, it sucked. Like pe guys would not invite me to things because they were scared that the girls were going to like me more. So my whole life, like men hit a trigger. They made fun of me, uh, all these things. And then I found myself in entanglements with men. So then it confused everything. I was like, what the hell? When I realized I'm a male empowerment speaker, I was like, oh, crap, it makes sense now. Like, what was one of the things that my stepfather would say? And like I said, it's not him. It was darkness. He was just a vessel. He was a vessel of darkness. He didn't heal. Now, I do hold him responsible for not healing. But everything else that happened, there was a, there was a deeper agenda because it doesn't make psychological sense the way that it came after me. But when you see how powerful I am now and where I'm headed, it makes sense. You know, in my song, it says it all makes sense now. Like, it does. Um, he would tell me to man up when I was like seven. And like mistreat me and be like, man up, like it but in a hard way. And I always, I never felt man enough to have a girlfriend. And that's when I started falling into the other side of things. And I was like, well, then I'll get with a guy because I kept feeling like, and I would literally become and manifest more womenly because I would only hang out with women because the men would make fun of me. So it was like, when I decided to become a male empowerment coach, I was like, these men going to listen to me. And then it's like, well, then they're going to think I'm showing off. And, but then I realized like, who better to speak into a man than the man living the life that every man desires? I have freedom of time, I have peace. I look amazing at the age of 32. A lot of people let themselves go by their like 30s. All my friends from high school have pretty much let themselves go. I'm looking better than them. Um, but I also have a platform. I'm Mr. USA. A lot of men wish they had this accolade. But then for me to take the performance instead of being like, look how awesome I am, I go into them and I said, you need to heal so you can catch up to where I'm at. And I just realized that you speaking into men, um, I would actually like to to partner with you and you just tell these men, follow Brandon. <laughs> like, 
you're a heel and if you want to heal every day just follow brandon i have a group called kings it's five dollars a month and it's a telegram group where i share a message to men on how i've overcome depression and how i've like connected with them and just just like creating a space because i've been in group chats with guys and it's garbage this is actually a space we have we have ceos we have uh investors in real estate and we have kids in the philippines that think they're going to be poor for the rest of their life and i put them all in one space and i call them all kings and i show them that i just did a mile in five minutes and i'm literally cultivating and and i sent the message to this guy because we're creating a foundation of it i originally wanted to do it for free and i was like we got to fund it because i want to i want to rebrand men right now there's a horrible brand for men it's either crazy narcissist uh jerk <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. like a uh, super feminine like there's just no like integrity there's no honor there's no um it's just not part of the brand and i believe one day i was like am i supposed to just be a male model and then i literally felt i'm a template the way i'm operating in my life the way i'm focusing on my future family the way i'm building my empire it's a template for men to follow now it feels uncomfortable when men are like I can never get there. So that's why I've been talking a lot about, I was told I was worthless as a kid and I got here. You can get here. Like my story of childhood is a lot worse than a lot of other people. So it starts putting away the excuses to be like, damn, this kid didn't just like have a hard life. He he was conditioned to fail. And I found out something recently. I was mistreated at the age of one and that I can't remember, but somebody told me, they said, your grandma was scared because she saw you get mistreated and you were one years old. So I'm like, darkness came after me at one. Now it makes sense because I'm a template for men. And if men rise up to the occasion of being focused, women wouldn't have all the trauma they have today. Because a lot of the trauma that women deal with was unhealed men. Is, is it not? like? <laughs> yeah. And the men deal with un- unhealed men as well. And what I believe it is with you is that you are a safe space for men. A man can open up to a woman a lot easier. And I'm sure you've seen it in relationships and entanglements. Sometimes a guy will open up and say a little bit more mm-hmm. than he can with another man. Um, I am at the space where they open up to the woman, but then they get cultivated by me. Like send them to get their butts up and take care of their body. Uh, I actually have a client I'll send to you. Funny enough, I'll talk to him and be like, here, you need is you because I'm tough. <laughs> I'm like, what? someone's like, you don't believe. I was like, I, I don't I deny your excuses. Like I have I have gone through so much. One guy got mad at me and he's like, Do you deny PTSD? And I say, I deny your excuses because I was raised in PTSD. <laughs> I was raised in a home where I could hear my mom getting beat next door. Like, I deny your excuses. And he was like, eh. and he wasn't in the military and he just went through some stuff. But I've realized like men have gotten really soft in their ability to endure and they are performing for a whole world. Men are performing to look successful or performing that they're strong and they're they're not performing for purpose. And what I have done by, uh, and I used to have a group of guys, our strength was how many women did we sleep with? Like, what are our numbers? And it's like, that was a performance of who's more of a man. I'm no longer trying to prove I'm more of a man than you. I'm trying to tap into like, what is this identity of a king? And I've been going deeper in the spiritual side. I was like, what is it to be a son of God? And I think of Goku, like Super Saiyan. And that's the level I'm at now. I was like, forget about, like, I want to be powerful. Forget strength. I want to be powerful because I have a good heart. And if I'm not powerful, there's Hitler's out there powerful. Hitler was a man. 
<laughs> and all these horrible leaders were men. So if a man could tap into his power for good, be one of the greatest healings to the world. So I believe that. I knew that having you on here was going to be amazing. And I feel like it's so in alignment. So thank you so much for allowing me to interview you and being able to showcase you to my audience, because I'm sure there's people that, you know, I've had asked clients as well that definitely I'll be sending your way because there's there's different people for different things. For me to be able to promote somebody or to be like, okay, this person is legit. I have to honestly believe it. I don't, I don't BS. Yeah. Right. And I felt it from the moment I met you. Like my intuition was like, hmm, there's something with this guy. Right? <laughs> I'm just really grateful to have met you and to be able to have you on here. And your story is very powerful. I'm very proud of you for how far you've come. Thank you. And I can't wait to see all the amazing things you do. And I can't wait to hear your album. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, yes. Um, I just want to speak life into you. If you don't mind, I could just speak something into you. I want to okay. speak, I want to speak that light begins to shine in such a way that as you look around your entire life, even the things that were manipulated that you're not aware of, that those cords are cut, that any ounce of darkness that tries to stay within the crevice, you know how sometimes you have shadows to things, but that all the light exposes even the shadows because in the residue dust can pile up and darkness likes to use even the residue of things but from friendships to family members to anyone who is requiring your attention or your wealth that all of it is exposed at this moment that there is a freedom and that you will no longer feel any subconscious performance for anybody and as you build your empire there is not one ounce of you that has a subconscious audience that doesn't believe in you, but that little girl version of you that you've healed is cheering you on as you continue to build your empire. I saw all of it. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. And one thing I wanted to mention when you're like, oh, you don't imagine if we as adults, you know, just go out and just act like kids, right? So last weekend, I took myself out to see the sunrise and I was wearing a sweater with cat ears right love it. <laughs> i love cats I, I love cats and then i'm wearing all black it was chilly and i'm just like listening to my music on my head full, full blast dancing and i'm just like i don't care that i look like a black cat at the beach just dancing and doing whatever i want this is so much fun you know and just letting my inner child play that way and just being with myself and just laughing with myself i realize how well i know i'm funny but just really making myself laugh that morning. I was just like, man, I'm so awesome. <laughs> like to let anybody in my space, it's a privilege, right? And just really tapping with yourself and being with yourself. And it's just the trend for me this year. And I'm so excited to see what happens. I said a quote yesterday, step out of the shadows to step into your splendor. So when you see a queen, you see her jewels, you see her dress, your tiara like it's just like a like a majesty so splendor is like the beauty of all aspects of you so when you step out of the shadows because i'm sure people have told you like hey don't make too much noise or hey you're, you're kind of showing off here like they darkness tries to sh shut you out when you're powerful 
and say, oh, you. like you're selfish. One of the biggest emotional manipulations is when you're told you're selfish and yet you're like super loving and caring for the world. Darkness will immediately make you think you're selfish. So um, as you're building your empire, if your kids are making noise or something, you'll think, oh, I'm selfish. I should be focusing on my kids instead of my business. Like darkness will do those things. And I've been finding out with mothers, darkness will use their own kids to call their mothers bad mothers just to manipulate them. And that hits triggers because the mom is trying to perform for the kid. So it, it's just there, when you understand that there's that's why I have to write this book about the dimensions of light and darkness that you can start seeing like the playbook of holy crap, like this makes sense. You had your cat ears, you had your music. I call it abundance when you just start dancing because you have an abundance of joy. I do it all the time here. I just put on like certain beats and I start shuffling and I realize I'm completely sober. I used to have to do this with like tons of mollies and now I just do it through my joy. But um, it's the it's the splendor. Like you've been in the shadows for too long. And sometimes the reason you procrastinate your greatness is because the shadows has been comfortable. But the more that you see the splendor of the five-year version of you. Can we do something real quick before you go? Let's do it. All right. Sure. This is my kind of, uh, I guess you'd call it sound healing because I do sing, um, but it's a meditation of you walking through a hallway five years in the future in the house of your dreams. You already. Am I closing my eyes? Yeah. <clears throat> I'm like ready. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, ready. Yeah, I feel like I don't have to do the breathing. You're already ready. <laughs> I was about to start with the breath. <laughs> yeah, you can breathe. If you take about three, three breaths, I'm just going to start creating sound. You're walking through the hallway five years in the future, and you're looking at picture frames of events that have taken place, some of possibilities where you are living above and beyond the desires of your heart. You see a picture of your family. You see events that have taken place. All of a sudden, the light in the hallway gets brighter and brighter and brighter. You walk past awards that you have on the wall, and you're walking towards the window. You look out the window, and you start seeing people that have manipulated you no longer have access to the perimeter. You turn around and you're inside your house and someone reaches out their hand. That person says they're going to guide you through your entire dream. Your hand is a little resistant because you don't trust people. But all of a sudden you grab their hand. And all of a sudden you're fast forwarding through the whole trajectory of your life. Now you, you have left this earth and people are talking about you. And they're saying, this is how she shaked the earth. Now you know how you're going to shake the earth. You can open your eyes. That was really cool. <laughs> I felt myself go really deep. I'm like, wait, I need to finish this podcast. I can't go oh, deep. Oh, with that. <laughs> That right there is, it, that, that's, um, I call it light meditation. Like it just keeps getting brighter and brighter and brighter. And 
I've never actually done that to the point where I say who's manipulating you, but I felt like you needed to look out the window to see who's not having access into that. I don't know what's going on in your life, but I just saw there's people. And as I do that, I feel I'm, I'm being guided through as I do. As I guide, I feel guided to take people because people walk through different scenarios of what they need to see. But for some reason that you needed to look out the window and see who's not in this space and then who is going to be like launching you that space. And to see the obituary of like, what did they say about you when you leave this earth? Because that is more real than even the house you're living in now. How do you feel? I feel excited. That's the inner child. You <laughs> so excited. <laughs> and now you realize that every day that will be real if every day you show up to that. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been amazing. Any final words you want to let everybody know where they could find you, how they could connect with you? Yes. Your handles. So um, Instagram, Brandon Align, Brandon Allen, B-R-A-N-D-E-N dot A-L-A-E-N. TikTok, Brandon Align altogether. Facebook, Brandon Align altogether. Clubhouse, Brandon Align. Um, I think it's, yeah, it's pretty simple. I mean, um, just, I feel, I mean, normally I end these things with like, Hey, join my workshop. Join. I think just follow me, just follow me. Um, I hearing what you said, that you've been following my journey and it's been speaking to you. Uh, it makes me realize that I just show up in life and I don't understand who I'm impacting. And my platform now reaches over 45,000 people across all spectrums. It's impossible for me to know who is watching. But um, I believe the more that I heal, I give people hope, not just for healing, but the more that I'm experiencing the desires of my heart, it's giving people hope that that's a real thing. And the more that I've worked on myself, um, I do little stories now every day. Right? Like right before this, I was talking about why you need to heal your soul. And uh, I think the greatest investment people can now make in their life is just follow me on social media and just keep me as one of the people that you actually follow, you know, we, we press that button so easily and where are they going? Um, my goal is to be an exquisite role model, especially for men, but in general, for millennials, I want to be one of the, the, the most profound millennials that leaves this earth focused and shook the earth because I stepped out of all spectrums. I quit my job. I quit school. I quit everything to build my dream. Like a child would like, I don't want to do this. <laughs> And, uh, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> um, I want to say, let there be light. You know, religion has pushed us so far from a divine creator. And I'd still believe we were designed and we were designed to win and designed to fly. And when you go back into that space where you saw the launch, someone told me one time, like, if you partner with your inventor, so much happens because so many people have opinions in who we are, but the real understanding of who we are comes from put us together <laughs> so i leave it at that and as i've tapped into that you now have the man you have sitting in front of you stripping off religion performance businesses traumas everything um, and i believe i'm just a template of how we have to operate in all sense of being powerful why is darkness so powerful why is narcissism so powerful why is manipulation and evil so powerful Love and light needs to be the most powerful force on the earth now. So let there be light. Thank you.
everyone for joining me. And guys, feel free to share this episode. I'm sure it could help a lot of people. <laughs> it might be three hours, but it's okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and remember, guys, it's not all love and light.